This is the place to be Hard living is the life for me Land spreading out so far and wide Keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside New York is where I'd rather stay I get allergic smelling hay I just adore a penthouse view Darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue The chores The stores Fresh air Times Square You are my wife Okay, so we're going to go to our special uh, hotline here. We're on the StreamYard uh, video and audio hotline here. We have Tim Cermak from Sugar Bush Creek Farm. We're going to learn all about Christmas tree farming and maple in here today, uh, folks, a subject that's never been covered here on Free Farm Friday. I think we talked about it once, but we never actually had anyone that could actually tell us how to do it. You're going to want to go to the Crusade Channel uh, chat room because all the photographs that we're about to be that are about to be described are only going to be able to be seen either on the video, which you can see on the Roku channel, or in the chat room at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. So I met Tim at the Catholic Land Movement Conference in September of this year at Edelweiss, Edelweiss. It's funny because Midas Church yesterday was watching Sound of Music, and I hadn't seen it since I was a child. So I actually got to see pretty much the whole Edelweiss movie. And, you know, running around the house last night going, Edelweiss. And then I get chastised. You're going to have me singing a stupid song. Stop it. So then I dropped into, ding dong, the Mario, the high singing. Because she watched The Wizard of Oz this weekend. So I have all these classic tunes stuck in my head. In any event, I met Tim at the Catholic Land Movement Conference and and at at the Edelweiss Retreat in Indiana this past September. He gave a wonderful presentation about Sugar Creek Bush, uh, uh, about the maple farm, and about the trees and all that stuff. And it's it's a wonderful process. So uh, we're going to welcome to the uh, Free Farm Friday room here, and for the first time on the Crusade Channel, Tim Cermak. Tim, how are you? Very good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Um, uh, let's uh, start with. Uh, I got you. I got the volume, man. It's okay. Um, let's start with a little background. Tell us about uh, Tim Cermak. Who are you? What do you? And what do you do at the at the farm? Yeah. So born and raised here in Northeast Ohio, where my family's farm is. Uh, my dad started the farm when he was just 13 years old. Uh, a different place, but moved here later on. So I grew up always doing maple syrup and all kinds of different farm activities. Uh, Went to school around here in the area and then went off to the University of Dayton to study mechanical engineering. I moved away working in the construction industry for a little bit, realized the farm and family are unbeatable and much more fulfilling and moved back taking a different job that got me back to the family farm. So I work full time and then uh, do the family farm on the side. Uh, Everyone here has a another job on top of that and we do all the christmas trees and maple syrup in addition and love doing it it's a uh, it, it, it's a great thing to be on the land now how, how large is the farm how, how large is sugarbush creek yes yeah, so we have 66 acres of land about 45 of those are the woods where we have all the maple trees and a mix of other trees in there and in that 45 acres we tap about 2200 different trees 
How do you tap? Okay, so we're going to get into this process here. There's so much to learn here. Because when I met Tim, he was telling me about, I said, tell me about the trees. There's an amazing thing about a maple tree and why it maples that I didn't know. <laughs> tell people, why does a maple tree maple? Yeah, so uh, maple trees make the sugar that we can turn into the maple syrup. Um, unfortunately, they don't make it just so we can have good tasty things <laughs> from our pancakes. They make it to have energy to make their leaves and keep growing each year. So during the summer, they're making that sugar. And then in the uh, fall and winter, it goes down to the roots. And then in that following winter to spring transition, it goes up the trunk and it's uh, kind of watery, but it has that sugar in it. And we tap the trees and can get that uh, what's the sap from the maple trees has sugar in it. We can take that out and turn it into maple syrup. So the maple trees are using it as their form of energy, uh, but because it's sugar and sweet, tastes really good on food. <laughs> <laughs> now, is is there a is there a formula um, so you don't do damage to the trees? Uh, so you're mm -hmm. like, no, you can only tap for a certain amount of time because the tree needs to eat too. Yeah. It's, uh, we like to use the analogy of it's like a person giving blood. If a person's old enough, healthy, and only giving a small amount, they can give blood pretty much their whole life once they're at a certain age and mature. Same thing for a tree bull weight till they're about 12 inches in diameter. So that can vary a lot for a tree in uh, the number of years, depending on how much room it has to grow, things like that. Uh, so once it's mature, we'll only tap it with one, sometimes two little taps, which are uh, we drill in in the January time frame and tap it in, goes in, uh, it's about a two inch hole into the tree. And using that, we're only taking less than 10% of the overall sap from each tree. Uh, so we've been tapping trees on our farm, well, not me or my parents, but people have been tapping trees on our farm for over 200 years. Uh, we have some, some very old ones on the property. So how big is a 200 year old maple tree? Uh, big enough that it would probably take at least three people to wrap their hands around. Well, Golly. Maybe two, two, three. Yeah, and, pretty big. And how tall? How tall does it grow? Um, I believe they usually get up to about 120 to 130 feet as the maximum. Never had a long enough tape measure that I could figure that out for our <laughs> trees, but pretty tall. But you have had a drone out there because I've seen the drone shots. So you have flown over the, uh, the property. Yes, one of my brothers has a drone that he uses for a uh, pictures of trains for work so he used it to get some nice pictures of the farm of uh, all the trees during the different seasons it, it's it, it's absolutely incredible that man can live with the maple tree and not harm it but can still tap it every year and then and get the sap out uh and then to, well and we'll learn more about how you know the sap gets to where it's going and turn into sugar and all that um is there any other maintenance that you have that you and your family have to do on the trees they pretty much take care of themselves um a little bit we like to do a lot of work with the trees they're uh, like any other form of agriculture they're our production crop so be like a another farmer taking care of their livestock or their corn or other things like that. We spend a lot of time on that. Um, it can be easy to fall away from doing the maintenance and not spending that time. It's usually, you know, just a lot of work and it's a con continual battle. Um, so we spend a lot of time out there doing different thinning projects. So maple trees are a type of tree that will create a big thicket. So if you don't do anything, they'll kind of all crowd each other out and stay kind of a small level. So we'll do a lot of work to thin them out to pick the best ones and just help so you get a few very good trees instead of an overabundance of kind of stuck in that adolescent stage. So we'll do things like that. 
Uh, also take out trees that are either just some good timber or that got storm damaged, um, animal damage, things like that on the tree side. So spend a, a lot of time out there uh, taking care of the trees. Uh, also do different maintenance for the tubing, which is the plastic piping connecting each tree to collect the sap. Uh, we'll go through each year making sure a couple times that there's no leaks or damage on that from animal storms, anything like that. Uh, and then also we'll go on a rotational schedule just to update different sections of the woods to make sure it's got, um, you know, the best tubing and equipment out there. So it's kind of yes and no. Some maple farmers don't spend as much time as they should, which is easy because it takes a lot of time um, not doing it in their woods. But we like to spend a lot of time out there taking care of the trees, very hands on. So let, let, let me uh, ask the uh, the follow-up question then on that. When you guys harvest a tree, do you mill it yourself? Do you have someone that, you, a nearby mill that you support by saying, hey, we're going to bring you a truckload of, uh, of trunks. Can you mill it for us? What do you what do? you do? Yeah, so the majority of the wood we take out, we turn into firewood. And then we do that all ourselves, just comes to the field and we cut it down into firewood and dry and season it for a year and then, that actually goes into the majority of it, the maple production, that uh, part of the process, the, the bulk of it is boiling down that sap and you're removing water to concentrate the sugar down. And so we turn that uh, wood, which would be a kind of a waste product because it's mostly either dead or just needs to come out to keep a healthy woods and we'll turn it into firewood. So it kind of cuts down where it's a quote unquote free uh, source of heat for us. Uh, we do turn some of it into timbers, like um, maintenance we've done on our barn up at the front and timbers for the sugar house and other places. We've gotten those milled down from uh, a local sawmill just on the other side of the woods down the road. Uh, so kind of have done that also. Okay, so uh, Tim Cermak is with Sugar uh, Sugarbush Creek Farms in Ohio. It's about one hour east, you said, of Cleveland. Yes. One hour east of Cleveland. Now, tell us, uh, tell our listeners in the audience about, okay, so when you say you put a tap in the tree, you know, the old school, the old guys, uh, I guess they put a little tap in the tree and they hang a bucket out there and they go out and fetch the bucket and then they bring that back to the, the, the maple or um, what do you call it? A maplery? Uh, we call it a sugar house. A sugar uh, house. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're using tubes. Mm-hmm. Is there any convection where you're using vacuum to pull towards you or is it gravity how does the tube work to get the sugar from the tree to the uh, the sugary and what's the greatest distance that it has to travel on the farm yeah so uh we use both so it's all gravity fed that we use the slopes and contours little creek beds working all with it to angle it down to the lowest point in our property and then down there at the pump station is where it all gets collected, kind of a, a three-sided building with big storage tanks uh, to collect that sap. There's also a vacuum pump down there putting that negative pressure to help pull it down from the trees. Um, don't know exactly how far the longest distance would be. It, some of it does go quite a ways um, as it all kind of slopes in between. On the, the tours we give, people will often ask how many miles of pipe are out there and the answer to that one is uh, they can take their time walk and try to figure that one out. But since it's all gone on, been installed in different phases, it's hard to know exactly the amount of tubing we have up in different sections. It's a lot. I've seen the tubing. Yeah. Yes, it is. How long does it last? And is it is it like PEX to, uh, tubing? Uh, so it's uh, made by different companies that make all the syrup making supplies up in Canada. And it's uh, plastic UV uh, so protection from the sun and you can get different grades that are rated for different years. 
I believe all of the, the uh, tubing we use is 15 year UV rated, but we usually have it out for less than 10 years. And even if it's up for that long, it's usually coming down and back up a couple times as we kind of reposition things. If trees come out or new trees are getting to a mature age and need to be added on to that section of the, the tubing. So uh, it's up there for a good number of years and most of it stays up throughout the whole year. The only thing that comes down is sections that go across our maintenance trails. So we can get tractors and four wheelers through uh, to do the, the logging aspect of it or all of those taps at each tree. Those will come out uh, at the end of the season, which is usually the end of March or early April. And that lets the tree keep healing and get ready for the next year. Uh, we have a question from the chat room. How long can you leave one tap in place? Yeah, so when it was with buckets, uh, when you tapped a tree, which is drilling a hole into it, pounding in that tap, uh, the hole is about two inches deep into the tree. The actual spout is only going in about a, a quarter of an inch or so. Um, with buckets, it would be open to the air. So as soon as you do that, it would the tree would treat it almost like a, an open flesh wound. So it would start trying to grow and heal and close that off. So with buckets, you're really on the clock and only have about six weeks before it's going to be completely sealed off. And even if you still have sap flowing up the trunk in the tree, none will come out into your buckets. With vacuum tubing, that's a lot better that you can tap early and just keep going that it's closed off and vacuum tight. So the tree is not going to treat it like it's an open wound or try to heal around it or anything like that. So you can tap early January like we do and just keep going until uh, two things that will stop the season are when the tree either buds and that will start turning that sweet sugar into the actual uh, buds and leaves and energy. So it's not going to be sweet sap or if it just gets warm, the sap will be up in the top of the tree. So we can go that whole time. Uh, no matter what, you can't try to cheat the system and keep that tap in for the next year. The tree is going to always kind of grow around that in some way. So uh, no sap will run that spot that following year. So each year after year, you have to retap in a new spot on the tree. So you'll go out and you'll remove all the mm -hmm. taps, right? So now this is the, so it, uh, this is left up to nature now. So nature is going to say, hey, uh, it's time for the bud. I'm sending pollen and bees your way. So mm -hmm. the tree is going to react to that. Um, uh, and then that's when the, 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 the mapling process will just come to its own natural close. And you guys are looking what, uh, at the trees. You know what's going on. So you, you know when to stop. Yeah, exactly. And uh, up here in Northeast Ohio, we get a lot of that weather that works great for maple syrup making, where it's usually a long winter to summer transition. A lot of that back and forth of cold at night and below freezing and warm at the day, sunny, and just it keeps going back and forth. That fluctuation is what's ideal for getting that sap from the trees. So we as maple syrup makers love it. A lot of my friends and other people in Northeast Ohio wish it would just go to either stay winter and snow or go to summer. They don't like that long transition, but it's great for us to collect that sap. Okay, so uh, from when you tap the tree uh, until then, you close the spigot off and you're you're done with that particular season, right? Are you still yes. just collecting or do you just keep collecting or are you sugaring the whole time as soon as you get enough in a vat? Yeah, so uh, we'll start as soon as we get that first day above freezing and the sap starts to flow and then we'll go until it's all the way done. Uh, totally weather dependent of when we're going to be actually processing and doing the boiling, that whole aspect of it. Uh, sometimes we'll be doing it every night for a, a whole week in a row. Other times it may be we have a nice boil and then it's 
just cold for a week and we're kind of on hold until we get that next warm spell. So it's a lot of just uh, playing with the weather that when it gets warm, we'll get the sap flowing and then the evening or, or whenever we're all ready, we'll, we'll process that sap with the, the boiling and reverse osmosis systems. That's incredible. Okay, so uh, with Tim Cermak of Sugar Bush Creek Farms, uh, one hour east of Cleveland here. All right, how long does it take to cook it down, and how much sap makes, uh, um, I guess, a pint, a quart uh, uh, of maple syrup? Yeah, uh, second question's easy, straight answer. Um, usually, depending on the sugar content in the sap that you collect, it takes about 30 to 50 gallons of that raw sap to make one gallon of the final product. Wow. It's usually the, the standard uh, kind of um, conversion. So it, it really gets boiled down to get that sugar content um, to what it needs to be to be officially syrup. Uh, it's only about 2% sugar when it comes out of the tree. It looks like water, flows like water. It's what lets it go through the pipes and, and everything. So it's quite the process that you're removing a lot of water to, to get the final syrup product. It, and then, it, uh, people are going like, wow, they, they, they didn't know that. So it, yeah. it looks like water is, is the point here. How long does it take to cook it down? And do you, have, do you use a hygrometer? How do you know that you've got, or is your dad such an expert that he's just going to look at it and go like, no, that, that's a stop, stop. So the, uh, the processing time, it varies a lot. Like if you were doing it on the hobby scale, you can cook it just over uh, um your stovetop or in a, a smaller uh, boiler in a flat pan, it would take a long, long time, but it still works. It's still pretty much the same process, just not as efficient. So in the pioneer days, it would take a whole couple of days just to keep boiling down that sap into syrup. Now, once we collect enough sap that we're ready to do the whole boiling process, uh, we'll usually wait till we have at least a thousand gallons of sap or more um, collected and stored just to make it worth our time to fire everything up and get it through and then do all that cleanup afterwards. And once we get going, it's usually about half hour to an hour of startup. And then no matter how big the boil is, it's usually about an hour of cleanup. And uh, in between we can go through 1000 gallons of sap in an hour. So we can really go through a lot of sap once we get everything fired up and going. So, and then the other, the natural regenerative part of this, I guess, is you're using primarily to fire the boiler. You're using maple mm -hmm. logs. Yes. And uh, also for most of the cleaning, we're using water that is removed from the sap that uh, using the reverse osmosis system, you remove pure water, no minerals, nothing in it. We'll heat that uh, using some of that waste heat and then use that to do a lot of the cleaning. So it's a very... Uh, efficient process where you're using a lot of the products that are coming right from the woods to do everything. So uh, when 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 you're boiling the water off, this is uh, absolutely uh, uh, fascinating here. So when you're boiling the water off, are you collecting it almost like in a still, like your moon shining? <laughs> yes, you're basically the, dripping, uh, condensing it and then dripping, right? In the uh, boiling part of it, it's kind of open pans, and the steam gets collected in some hoods above it and just goes vented out uh so it's easy to spot sugar houses usually when you're driving around parts that have it the big kind of barn or house looking buildings but almost always they have cupolas at the top with big windows to open so that helps let the steam out so it doesn't you know look like a rain cub when you walk right inside it helps <laughs> that, that steam get out of the building Okay, so then, um, okay, so then you do the boiling process, and then now after it's boiled, 
Do you have to do? Uh, do you have to let it cure? Do you have to let it sit, stand, so it cools, or do you want to bottle it while it's still warm? Yeah. So when we're doing the whole process, since it's pretty quick going with a lot of sap going through, we'll hot pack it into uh, forty gallon barrels. Having it hot packed, we can store it in a cool area until we're ready to pack it into the smaller retail size containers. So we hot pack it there, bring it back to the barn, put it in a nice cool out of the way away from the sun place and then throughout the year we'll reheat it into all the bottles you see uh, on our website or anywhere else that we can just do that throughout the year as we have the the need for it so now is this a wooden barrel is this a a uh, usually plastic barrels and on the inside is a plastic bag with a it's kind of like a wine bag is is what the similar equivalent is it allows to be perfectly clean each time we put syrup into it and they're single use so uh kind of a benefit that if you put syrup into a normal barrel like they used to do, you're never getting that barrel clean again because it's <laughs> sticky syrup and you can never really get it all the way out. Um, and then it also lets us get pretty much every last drop out of those those barrels. So very nice uh, system right now. How many, uh, okay, I imagine you measure it by the case. How many cases does Sugar Bush Creek make uh, on an average year? Uh, we measure it by gallons and uh, I think our average the past couple of years has been between 16 and 1800 gallons of syrup. So pretty nice full years and uh, it always depends on the weather and different things like that. But it's been uh, blessed with very good harvest the past couple of years. Now, uh, they don't just make maple uh, syrup here at Sugar Creek, uh, Sugar Bush Creek Farm here. If you live in the area, you probably already missed your opportunity, but you could have gone and cut your own Christmas tree down. So how did y'all get into the Christmas tree farm business? Yeah, so uh, my dad planted and my mom planted trees here when they first moved in uh, 1993, 95. They planted a lot of Christmas trees. Uh, I think partly to sell them later on, partly just wanted their own Christmas trees and a nice thing to do when you have some extra land. Uh, you know, depending on how you do it, doesn't take too much extra work. Um, right. Just get them planted and going. Uh, doing it as a cut your own in a full business that takes a lot of time and work and energy. So then when myself and my brothers were uh, younger, we planted a lot of trees and part of it went to be our college fund. So we did the trees uh, all planting as a family and then we just sell them uh, each December and after Thanksgiving. So people drive out to probably make a big day out of it, I would imagine. It's a big, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, dude, I said, you got to tell me, do you save any Christmas trees for the proper liturgical season for people that don't start Christmas until Christmas Eve? And he said, I wish I, we haven't had anybody come yet. Uh, everyone keeps coming earlier and earlier, uh, but my family hasn't put our tree up yet. So we're still in the clear. Um, so, and it's pretty rare. We'll turn somebody away. We'll have people come at when it's pitch black at six o'clock at the night in the weekdays or raining and snowing. And, you know, we're, we're not going to turn people away. We have a lot of repeat customers and it's a, a very fun, wholesome thing to be part of made a lot of memories with a lot of families and always good to, take part in that so if anyone wants to come out later if we're around we'll help you out but 
we're getting a little bit lower on supply and uh, low on manpower. So, so it, it's it, okay. So, just to reiterate here, what do we always talk about on Free Farm Friday and, and during the week when we talk about these things about regenerative farming, about back to the land, Catholic land movement, and all that stuff? What do I always tell you? I, I, my message is always the same and get scale out of your head. You want to own the means of production. It is important to own the means of production because this way you can uh, you can dictate how it is produced. You uh, and then it's your craft. It's kind of your vocation. So the Cermax own the sixty-eight uh, acres there, and they have determined that well, we're just going to keep the the maple trees going, and uh, this is what we're going to do. And as you heard. They have other occupations that they practice during the year. So even though this is a pretty big outfit here, they're not relying upon it. And I think that's a really healthy thing to, to know. It's almost like, you know, we chastise people, don't be a monoculturist. Don't get out there, don't, don't be big ag and just grow corn. Well, don't be little ag and just do maple trees. There are other things that you can do and they occupy your time with, like the Christmas tree side business there. And then, you know, Tim's a, uh, is, a, is an engineer there on the side. So, you know, you just kind of work with the land. Just go with it and, and, and not have this preconceived notion of, well, I'm going to be a maple and maple tree, like, you know, the little chicken hawk in the, in the uh, foghorn leghorn. I'm a rootin' tootin' chicken hawk, and I want me some chickens. <laughs> just kind of go with what nature and God give you. And that's what it sounds to me like the Cermak family does at Sugar, Sugar Bush Creek Farm. Am I right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And uh, it's, it's an easy one to start with that it takes a lot of time and, and effort and energy, but... My dad was only 13 years old, and he got inspired by reading a children's book in, in which the bear really likes maple candies. And he started at that young age of tapping, I think, five to ten trees on his family's smaller kind of somewhat rural but suburban neighborhood, the, the maple trees there. And slowly, year after year, it got bigger and bigger until the uh, the racket we have today uh, and all the, the trees we have now. So it's it's an easy one where you can start with just a little bit. And even if you only do it for one year, you know, if you have young Kids, it's a great one where during that springtime, people usually get cabin fever. This could be a great excuse to tap just a few trees and have a nice fire for the day with a, a kettle over it and hang out around outside. Uh, so it's a good excuse to be outside in the winter, too. All right. Um, tell us uh, uh, finally here. Uh, and by the way, I want all of you to, to, to go to the website, which is sugarbushcreekfarm.com. Right, sugarbushcreekfarm.com. I want you to go shopping today. Buy all the maple syrup they got. Buy them out. Give them an early Christmas gift. Use the coupon code CHURCH at checkout, all caps, C-H-U-R-C-H. And what are they going to get if they use the coupon code? They'll get some of our delicious maple candy. It's pure maple that we uh, boil down even more. And then as it cools, it crystallizes. So it's almost a fudge consistency. It's it's incredible. One of my favorite things we make. Oh. Uh, uh, don't, don't y'all go yet because Maggie has to place her order first. So, <laughs> so I want to make sure that I get my uh, my candy here. <laughs> uh, uh, and by the way, if you're wondering, uh, the the Cermax are Catholics and they uh, they are back to the land people. I say Tim, Tim uh, presented at the Catholic Land Movement uh, conference. Did uh, Michael Sharon of Thomas, Michael Thomas of Sharon, come and find you, or you found him? Um, my brother actually found him on Twitter and they became friends and 
Uh, my family being Catholic and farming and myself growing up with it kind of always uh, lived the principles of it without ever knowing there was such a thing as the Catholic land movement. Uh, so we went to that first conference and got connected with him and just fell in love with uh, everything that the Catholic land movement preaches and teaches and shares and promotes. And um, we became really involved in it. We started up a local chapter uh, just in the past couple months that we've gotten off the ground. It's a very exciting time. And a lot of people are, <clears throat> who are hungry for everything that it has to offer. Okay. So Rose and Curtis Weisenberger, you're in the neighborhood. Do you know Rose and Curtis? I don't think so. They were at the conference. Oh, then I probably, I do know. You that, probably yeah. did. He did the, yeah. uh, uh, he, he was, uh, had a light a fire and he did the cattle. Um, he did something with the cattle. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Rose and Curtis, are you listening? Cause they're nearby. You guys, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, local Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, that kind of tri-state area there. How do they yeah, get in touch our, with this branch of the CLM, Tim? So on our website, there's a contact form. Uh, you can put in there. It's not the CLM, but it'll get to myself or my brother, and we'll add you to our mailing list. Okay. Um, and we'll uh, tap you in for the upcoming events we have. So do you have something planned? Are you planning something for next year, I assume? Not yet. We were hoping to get something in December, but everything went a little crazy with uh, schedules and things like that. We were going to have a, a guest speaker, but it, it didn't didn't pan out. So looking for some events that we'll have in uh, January. And uh, <laughs> once it comes around to uh, the our, um, season, we'll have a, an open house event for the club. And i uh, got a lot of other uh, events that we've been asking people for what they're interested in and what they want to present on. And uh it's going very well so far. Well, well, you know, if you need a presenter, I mean, uh, I might know a guy. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> We'd love to have you up. That would be awesome. Well, I told you I'm going to come. I'm going to come. Uh, and I will. I promise you. Okay, Tim Cermak. The family is the Cermak family. It's Sugar Creek, uh, Sugar Bush Creek uh, Maple Farm. Uh, go to sugarbushcreekfarm.com. Get you some maple syrup. Use the coupon code CHURCH, all caps, at checkout. Get yourself a free bag of maple candy. God bless you. A blessed feast of the Immaculate Conception today. And God bless the Cermak family and the farm, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, uh, folks, that will uh, uh, wraps it up for uh, this part of Free Farm Friday. Right, go to sugarbushcreekfarm.com. Get you some maple syrup. Use the coupon code CHURCH, all caps, at checkout. Get yourself a free bag of maple candy. God bless you. A blessed feast of the Immaculate Conception today. And God bless the Cermak family and the farm, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, uh, folks, that will uh, uh, wraps it up for uh, this part of Free Farm Friday.